This is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, former TNA X Division champion and former TNA World Tag Team champion, and you are listening to the TNA Cross the Line podcast. Enjoy. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 170 of the TNA Crossland Podcast. I am Bob Fountain Jr. And with me, as always, is Dallas Gridley in Dallas this week. We already have confirmed one of the matches that you're most excited to watch in, I think, TNA podcast history. Because today, Conan is squaring off against the Outlaw. A story that has grabbed your imagination. You've gone off the re- off the record. You told me that th- the storyline is probably better than the Mega Power storyline heading into WrestleMania Five. It's better than Sting chasing after Hogan for the world title in WCW. At and least outlast him. That's right. And uh, also, you said it was better than the Mystery Hummer in WCW 1999. Do you wish to confirm that? The, the mystery Hummer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, this is some pretty intriguing stuff, dude. Who is who is going to turn on who? Someone's turning. Is it the best thing that we've watched on Impact? Potentially. I don't know. We've got to see the match. We're about to watch it probably when the next, you know, I don't know what's going on during the show. I In think. Roughly that 45 should, minutes. I think it should be a swerve in that. Conan and Outlaw both turn on BG. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, all three of them are in the ring, and BG's like, guys, don't fight. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to fight each other. And BG's like, what, is, okay, what does that mean? And they're like, we're going to fight you. And then beats him up. And then Ron Kelly runs down the ring. And he's like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And then Conan was like, yeah, you're right. And he's going to throw a shoe. And he's going to smash him right in the face. And he's going to be knocked unconscious. That's my storyline for uh, Conan and PG or Conan and uh, the Outlaw. I think we're in trouble about that, you know. Why? I think, I think it's going to happen, and um, Bob just spoiled the whole show for us. Well, you know what? You know what their their team name could be? Conan and Billion. No, it's that. So you could just call him Cone Gun. What the? F- what the fuck is that? Cone, cone gun. Cone gun. Cone gun. What about Billy? Um. Billy Gungan. Cola. 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 I like that one. Um. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> um. So, Bob, last week's episode was pretty solid. We saw a title change. We saw a bunch of other matches. We saw Jared get angry, and we saw a big announcement for Hard Justice from Dusty Rhodes, um, which, of course, is now leading us to potentially one of the biggest matches on Impact here tonight with the Outlaw and Conan. Um, so let's do a quick uh, – let's let's chat quickly here about what happened. 
uh, we'll run down the card quick, and then we can get into some other stuff. And Bob, we have so much stuff to talk about. We're going to talk a lot about Chris Candido to start us off, uh, and then we get some more. So, uh, we saw Shocker defeat Petey Williams in three minutes and fifty seconds after a uh, not good pin. I didn't think. Uh, Sanjay Dutt defeated Buck Quartermain in four minutes and ten seconds. Then the Outlaw defeated Mikey Bats two minutes, 19 seconds, and then he was confronted by three life crew, and Conan took the mic out of BG James' hand, and then BG was left in the ring alone. Which side do I go down? I don't know. He didn't know. Then we just cut the commercial. And then in the main event, uh, the Naturals, and yes, Chris Candido was ringside because it was a taped episode, defeated America's Most Wanted in 17 minutes, 46 seconds, to become the new NWA Tag Team Champions. And it was a pretty damn good match. So, pretty wild episode there. Now, let me see if uh, there's any other stuff here. So, Dave's a little write-up from this section of the show. Um, three weeks of tapings, of course, blah, blah, blah. So, Shocker, yeah. He, so, now Shocker has scored clean wins over Petey Williams and Sanjay Dutt um, to make him be a strong new X-Division contender. Um, so when Rhodes was putting over Tito Ortiz, who's the special referee now between Jarrett and AJ Styles for hard justice, he mentioned that he'd beaten Ken Shamrock and fans pop much bigger for Shamrock's name than Ortiz. Now we didn't hear that because we were watching the tape of it, but that's interesting note. And Dave says to me, Ortiz isn't big enough celebrity to mean much as a ref without angles behind it. Uh, from what we gather, because Ortiz is a big deal on the best damn sports show, Jarrett sees this as a way to get back on the show and shoot an angle. Dave says, still, I can see Ortiz being used as a heel to form a horseman-style group with Jarrett, Outlaw, and Monty Brown. This would allow Shamrock to come in because they have already proven the ability to go on television and talk people into spending money. If they have the ability to replicate what they did two years ago in their interviews, plus there is a story uh, they can tell, which is backed up by reality, it's better in an eight-man anyway because they can keep Ortiz out except for a spot or two. So Dave's like fantasy booking Ken Shamrock coming in here and like feuding with Ortiz in uh, TNA. Uh, so Jared did a promo after the Rhodes mentioned Ortiz, um, and that's what we kind of already discussed there. And then, of course, we already talked about that. Now, he says that the main event was at least four-star minimum because of the super heat that it had. For the Naturals and AMW? Yeah. I would say that that was four, at least a four-star. It was pretty freaking good, man. I, I don't know about like five-star or nothing like that. But... Right. Yeah, so pretty cool stuff. Um, there is a, one other note, which I'm going to hold off just in case. Um, and we might see it on the show, but if it doesn't, remind me. If we don't see something specific before uh, the Outlaw Conan match today. Because it's kind of an interesting thing, but it's like potentially not not airing on TV. So we'll see. Okay. Um, okay. So let's. Uh, we've you've talked about it already a lot. Um, Chris Candido passed away um, the twenty eighth. What was it? Right, twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was the day before the, our last episode aired, and we saw two in memory of um, graphics. Now this is the Observer, uh, where they kind of bring all this together. So, 
there's lots of stuff. Um, since we've already talked about it too much, or not too much, uh, a lot, or so much, I mean, then we can kind of jump around a little bit. But um, TNA on their website, this is what they had written um, on their website. So it says, TNA Wrestling joins the entire wrestling world in mourning the untimely death of Chris Candido on Thursday night. TNA is t- deeply devastated by the loss of Chris, who touched the lives of millions of fans around the world during his successful career. We hope everyone will keep Candido's friends and family in their thoughts and prayers as we say goodbye to a friend. TNAWrestling.com will post a statement from Candido's family as soon as possible. So that was their, like, um, their uh, response to it. So, on the, this is the May 9th uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, it's titled, The Death of Chris Candido. Um, and he talks a lot about his TNA uh, stuff here. So I'm not reading, obviously, his whole... Dave does really great obituaries, essentially. And he writes over careers of wrestlers. We've talked about him before in the past. Um, so if you, you can, I'd recommend checking them out. So he mentions that Candido uh, suffered a broken fibula, tibula, and dislocated ankle when his leg got tangled up in Sonny Siaki's landing after Siaki dropped kick in the first minute of the opening match from the lockdown pay-per-view. He was rushed to the hospital. Now, of course, we're watching it. He does not get tangled. It's foot gets caught underneath him and whatever. It's not Siaki's fault. Let's get that right out there. So they wanted to keep him in for surgery the next day, but he insisted on checking out. Uh, he claimed to people that it was because he didn't want to be around the pain medication that they would offer him. Uh, of course, he had uh, prior substance abuse issues. So uh, that wasn't the reason, uh, Dave says. He says the probable reason was financial not wanting to pay for the overnight stay. Uh, he notes that while Candido and Sitch uh, had many good financial years, enough to where they were able to put down money on a dream house, which eventually they unfortunately end up losing, um, they had uh, not made big money in years. Um, somehow they had gotten financing for a tanning salon business that uh, Sonny uh, was running full-time near their home in New Jersey. Candido was mainly playing housewife during the week and was doing indie bookings on the weekend. Uh, but money was very much an issue. Candido was not under contract to TNA, but he was being used regularly of late after impressing Dusty Rhodes on the indie scene and winning over a skeptical Jerry Jarrett, who knew his reputation far too well. Uh, if he could find, if he could have timed things perfectly, his goal was to work on both of the ECW reunion shows on uh, June 10th and June 12th, hopefully get two nice payoffs and then get a contract with TNA. The idea was since he didn't have a TNA contract, he figured he couldn't be blocked from working to the WWE show, although politically it may not have wound up that way. Uh, The truth, as much as people would not like to hear it this week, was that at the hospital the doctors were amazed at his tolerance for pain medication. He had just broken his leg and was wanting more uh, than they were willing to give him uh, before he checked out. So well past midnight in a wheelchair, he was hanging around the Doubletree Hotel lobby in Orlando, hanging out with other wrestlers and fans, signing autographs. He returned to the hospital the next day to have surgery. He was back at work the next day as the manager of the Naturals, Andy um, Douglas, Chase Stevens. Uh, some have uh, surmised because he knew how things worked in wrestling. He didn't want to even miss one taping for the fear that he would lose his spot, even though the company officials assured him otherwise. That may have been part of the decision, but the reality is he loved wrestling far more than most and also felt tremendous pressure not to miss a payoff. 
He was thrilled that the indie promoters he had been booked for were telling him that they'd pay him as long as he showed up and made an appearance. He was also claiming that the doctors told him that he'd be okay to start wrestling again in six weeks. So that's probably why that when we touched talk last week about it a little bit too, um, that he was hopeful that he'd be able to get going again. That amazes me that doctors it's six weeks. Yeah, that's wild. Maybe it was maybe it was more of a. It depends on the kind of break that happened in in the bones, I guess. Really, right. um, so maybe it wasn't as brutal as we kind of thought. Because when you hear you broke both bones, it's like, oh shit! Like you're screwed. It could have been hairline fractures, you know, that kind of stuff, and those heal probably a little quicker. Well, no, they say that you're better off just breaking it than have it. Because I had oh, a really? hairline, I had a hairline fracture in my ankle. Oh wow over a decade ago and the first thing they said after they did the x-rays like you're better off breaking it oh, you wow. should you, you were better off breaking it. you would it would heal quicker hmm. i don't know if i realized that wow i didn't know that either i thought oh if it's a hairline fracture it's not that big of a deal like no you you're better off just snapping it and we would put it back together right oh wow that's crazy um, so he it, he kind of talks about how he got started in TNA. Um, he ran into Dusty at the indie show. Dusty saw he was clean, blah, blah, blah. He'd be great because of his experience. So they're going to bring him in, um, help some of the uh, inexperienced talent, all that kind of stuff. Um, and even just a few weeks ago before this, Candido said he's really happy in TNA. He said, Dusty Rhodes saved my life. Uh, and so, you know, it was really positive kind of going in, onto his run. So um, this is... The next part here is a little bit more about kind of the lead up uh, to how everything went down. But uh, just before the TNA Impact taping was to start on April 26th, Candino went to announce for Mike Tanay. The finish of the match was supposed to be a double knockout as Andy Douglas would be hit by James Storm's superkick and Chase Stevens would then crack the chair over Storm's head. Uh, Chris Harris would spear Stevens and they would both fly out of the ring. We pretty much saw that whole part happen, I mean, right. essentially. Uh, Candino seemingly incapacitated, would roll into the ring, put Andy Douglas on top of James Storm and the NWA World Titles would change hands. So this is what we saw, right? Now, and he, the Naturals would win, managed by Candido. Uh, Candido would grab both belts and celebrate as the show went off air. Now, he told Tanae he'd come he'd come up with an idea since he was a heel and being back on TV, being back on TV one day after major surgery would make him sympathetic. He noted the weird irony um, at the prior taping, they did an angle where Kevin Nash beat the hell out of him. And for the next few weeks, he came out all bandaged up in a wheelchair, leading to him getting out of the wheelchair on TV two days before. Uh, he was actually really hurt. So Candido told Tanae to say that his real broken leg was karma for deceiving and faking those injuries, just trying to eliminate any sympathy for him being there. So they were worried that people would feel bad for him, essentially. And so they wanted to he wanted to make sure they could try to turn that around and to, to get some heat. So everything went largely as planned, as we literally just said. Uh, Candino was holding up both belts in the air, uh, but they were three minutes short and had to scramble. So the match went a little bit short. Now, so Tanae was told to do an interview. That's why we had that weird little interview at the end. So Candino, Douglas, and Chase Stevens had no idea what was happening. Uh, But you wouldn't know it. Candino did a promo talking about having 97 screws put in his ankle. Uh, he, He was only 33. But at this point, he was an old pro. Um, so, Dave, you're obviously speaking very highly about um, how he how he jumped right into this interview. Now, the difference was obvious when Tanae tried to get some words out of Douglas and Stevens, who just kind of froze and had no idea what to say uh, because they didn't know an interview was coming. 
Um, it would be his last moment on television. He actually did come out again at the tapings. So we are going to see him again. So spoiler, but, you know, we're just going to we're just talking about this. Uh, managing on the third hour of the tapings that would air on uh, May 13th. But he says, I can't imagine that match not being edited off the show. So I don't know. I, I guess we don't know if it's on. But who knows? Uh, there was some uh, question as to whether to even play the tape of the title change. Uh, but Shane Douglas, who was closest with him to anyone in the company from their time in ECW as the triple threat with Bam Bam Bigelow, told Dixie Carter that he was certain that Candino would have wanted that to air. So, I, so here's the thing. I hate when people speak. Yeah, I know. The, the, the deceased, but I would have to think that for his potentially last televised thing, him clutching the tag title, smiling or whatever, would be how he would want that to end. Right. Yeah. That would that would seem to be a fitting like way to close it for such a tragedy. Right. So after after the taping, um, he flew home, and so the next day at home, he, uh, he ended up throwing up. He was sitting down for dinner with uh, Sonny, and he complained that he was having shortness of breath, uh, and then he collapsed. So he called the re- uh, she called the rescue unit, and he was rushed to the hospital in New Jersey, but. Um, Essentially, there's no avail. And now, as this is at the time, so we know it's different now, but this is noting that a blood clot from surgery in his ankle had dislodged, and it uh, wound up first in his lungs and then traveled to his heart. Passed away at the hospital about 9 p.m. Uh, so this is where I kind of mentioned to you, like if it was later in the day, maybe they didn't have time to edit certain parts of the show if they wanted to, and that kind of stuff. It might have been too late. Um, and Dave... Uh, essentially says he writes, you know, you scream for an answer as to why, but at this point there's only questions. And then he kind of poses a bunch of questions. Was there problems in the hospital? Um, should he have not checked himself out for work? Um, was he taking uh, blood thinners to kind of prevent a clot? All, all this kind of stuff. So he asks all these things. Um, says that the um, medical examiner's office, which did the autopsy, would not confirm a cause of death or if there was answers to any of the questions that he proposes here. Uh, perhaps it was all useless questioning and perhaps something just happened that uh, couldn't have been avoided. And now, of course, we know now, um, well, it's 2016, I believe, was, and I think you're right about that. I think I have it pulled up here, where essentially it was it was the acute ammonia, right, that caused his death, I believe. Yeah, I think that's what Johnny Candido said. Yeah, yeah. So his brother, um, 2016 interview, um, yeah, it was from acute pneumonia. So... Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. And it's, you know, it's even on the, because uh, this is on the Wikipedia page, but um, it, he, there's a, a note that even like CM Punk in 2014 concerned uh, the possibility of uh, post-surgery blood clots similar to Candino. So he was like thinking like, I could die from this too, mm-hmm. because at the time it was still believed that it was the blood clot thing. So, uh, Yeah. Kind of sucks, man. Pretty sad. And uh, it's a bummer. Uh, like I said, I, I think I said it to Bob off air. I don't remember what I said on the show, but I just didn't realize it was so soon after um, lockdown. I mean, it's crazy to me. Yeah, I thought it was like weeks after, not, you know, days. <laughs> four or five days after the event. Yeah. <clears throat> it took place, so... Yeah, that was a bit shocking to me as well. 
Yeah, I think that's pretty much, I think. Yes, that pretty much covers, I think, um, you know, all that situation, kind of the lead up and all that. Um, There's a lot, but uh, yeah, it's definitely unfortunate because I was really enjoying him with the naturals and stuff, so. But anyways, uh, we got some other stuff to talk about, Bob, and it's not all positive, but there's some stuff to talk about. Uh, well, I just in between here, the TNA Impact on April 24th, Saturday night, midnight slot did a .20 rating, just to get you excited there. Woo. Woo. Um, there's an update on the television situation. TNA and FSN were very close on a deal last week uh, when the one-year contract expires in just a few weeks. Um, it is now questionable. Um, FSN insisted on a minimum six-month contract, while TNA only wanted to make a month-by-month commitment. Now, WGN and Spike are still in the running, for whatever it's worth. Uh, TNA officials are convinced that Spike wants a wrestling show because it knows UFC, which they're both uh, bullish on, works better in conjunction with wrestling, no matter what they say publicly. And if they want wrestling, they believe there is no other option. In addition, Spike continues to talk with them, and there is another meeting scheduled. And so, as we kind of joked and all this, too, this also partially explains the usage of Tito Ortiz and potential attempt to get Cam Shamrock to feud in the TNA ring. Uh, WGN has actually put together the strongest proposal of the three, which would be a Monday night time slot opposite of Raw, but it's also the weakest station. Uh, Dave says that it would not surprise him to see TNA leave FSN when the contract expires in just a few weeks and move directly to WGN. It'll prob- it will probably happen if Spike doesn't come through, and the odds are very strong Spike isn't coming through, particularly with the last UFC announcement. Uh, this could be positive because it would involve a better time slot. Monday Night has advantages, but to me, or Dave, uh, unless they're going live as the newcomer, They'll be at a huge disadvantage. The schedule as it stands is still Tuesday night tapings every other week in Orlando through July. The WGN is still a station that nobody outside of Chicago watches. The earliest TNA could go to Spike is in October. And there is no way TNA could leave FSN in a few weeks, go to WGN until the end of September, and then switch to Spike. So a final decision has to be made within the next few weeks. Of course, money is also an object here, as it depends on how much the stations are willing to either pay or forcing TNA to pay them. Because right now, TNA pays a pretty heavy weekly fee to FSN for the time. And TNA has only sold something like one or two commercials on their own to barely offset the costs. Wow. Yeah, WGN wouldn't make a lot of sense because, like he said, that's mo- it's, like a, it's a Chicago network. I mean, I remember growing up having WGN, but all it ever really showed was like Andy Griffith's reruns, Chicago Cubs games, and sometimes Chicago White Sox. Fun stuff, dude. That's that's pretty much it. That sucks. You know, and then another, but another kind of comparison here, like TBS for a long time was like just an Atlanta network. TNT was more national. Like they had a lot of shows on it. Like TBS would be like the Atlanta Braves at seven o'clock baseball game, you know, like in, in WCW had that Atlanta, you know, the shows were mostly in Atlanta for a while there. 
at the center stage. But they reached more homes, CBS did, more more so than WGN. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the safe bet, if I was Jeff Jarrett looking at this, would be like, all right, I got to find a way. Because they're saying the earliest they could get to Spike is October. If, but if that's if they went to WGN. You're on mute. Yeah, that's my bad. Um, I was clearing my throat a minute ago. And I did. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I think the Spike is, I think they have to wait till October, like, period. Because that's when, like, the, I think that must be when the Rod thing uh, ends. Like, they're. Oh, right, because they're going back. So they have to wait till the end of that before they can get on. Right. I was going to say, because I, I didn't understand why. But yeah, you're right, because they're, they're going back to USA. Yeah, so. I think it would be October, October 1st or something like that. Imagine if they're both on <laughs> both on uh, Spike at the same time. TNA and WWE. Yeah. Be something. That's interesting. Well, we will follow along. Will we get on Spike? Who knows? <laughs> um, okay, so this is a pretty interesting one. At the end of last week's episode, one of the notes I forgot to mention to you that I did end up saying was that Dustin uh, Rhodes missed the taping due to some kind of situation. Well, we now know what the situation was. Okay. So Dustin Rhodes missed the taping on April 26th due to him being in jail on a misdemeanor domestic violence charge. So that happened. Uh, so Rhodes is, uh, I got a whole thing about this one. Uh, Rhodes' charge was allegedly striking his girlfriend at the Hard Rock Hotel in Orlando, where all the wrestlers stay, late the night of the pay-per-view. Uh, he was released on bond on April 27th. Uh, so goes on to say, everyone expects that this is it for Rhodes and the company because Dixie Carter is not going to have the boys will be boys and this is wrestling mentality regarding the incident, particularly since Rhodes is currently uh, about 270 pounds and his girlfriend is about 115 tops and she ended up being hospitalized. Well, he's done. Oh my God. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's gone. Uh, so Rhodes' girlfriend is well-known among people in the company as well, so it isn't as if it's someone faceless as she's at all of the tapings. They had a recent breakup, and she came to the taping during a period where they were broken up, which caused some additional problems. And where this gets even more interesting, I thought, was that Terry Runnels wrote about the incident on her website, mm -hmm. saying that the act was uh, reprehensible and worse because what happened took place in front of her daughter, Dakota and ended up going to the hospital with Rhodes' girlfriend for medical attention. She says, quote, I have, not, I have not ever made a public statement about Dustin that was negative in any way, and I have always spoken positively to Dakota about her father. However, he has set a new precedent because of what he has exposed her to. Therefore, I will no longer cover for him. I never wanted Dakota to see this part of her father for fear that as she got older, she would see such behavior as acceptable. It is not now and will never be acceptable. Years of lies and abuse have been swept under the rug and would have stayed there had this and other things not occurred in public. Dustin should not blame any of this on anyone else as he has done in years past. Her innocence has been taken away far too early due to the person who should have uh, lived his life to protect her. So 
that happened. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really blame her. You know, if if how you're, can you? Yeah. If, you're, if you're fucking up the way that he's fucking up, um, you know, you shouldn't really be protecting him. Right. Because you're then you're just allowing more of that behavior, and obviously that's what's happened here. Right. So. So yeah, we're probably we're probably done seeing him for a bit. Yeah, I would imagine. Um. Well, just to continue on a little. So um, the Dustin uh, thing obviously does not help matters here, although the heat on Dusty was strong anyways, and um, many feel that it is imminent that he will be out as Booker. So just add it to the list of things that are going to kind of screw Dusty here. Um, I also will say when I was reading these notes last night, I thought this said that Dusty at first was the one who did. I was like, yo, what does Dusty do? I had to reread it again, and I was like, okay, well. Not that it's better, but it really threw me off when I first read it. Um, so the big thing behind the scenes is a power struggle between the Jarrett's and the Carters. The b- basic gist is that the Carters have caught on that TNA was in reality a vehicle to make Jeff into a star, and it hasn't worked. And the key is that the Carters want Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett out as champion, and AJ Styles in as champion. Now, Jeff doesn't want to do it, and Jerry is trying to rally people against it. Uh, Jeff has agreed, after a lot of prodding, to drop the title, uh, but is trying to get it changed from Styles. Uh, Jared's suggestion was actually uh, Monty Brown, believe it or not, because that would require a turn by Brown. Um, the two are aligned right now, of course, in storyline, and that would be premature at one point. The plan at lockdown was already to have him turn because of the super heat on the roads for turning Brown heel in the first place. Um, it was also required a new contract signing by Brown, which might not happen. And a chase uh, build-up, which buys Jarrett a ton of time, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So the office is simply divided, as most of the people were hired by Jeff, but many are insistent it happens now and that the Styles is the wrestler that the people uh, buying the product see as the big star, so he should be the one who gets it. Uh, it's noted here that the uh, hiring of Frank Dickerson seems to have sped up the process that was inevitable of the Carters now wanting to get the big decision making power away from the Jarrett's. The problem from the outside is that the Jarrett's are the wrestling people, both good and bad, and it always winds up uh, that those in power want the spotlight kept on them and use their power for it. The negative is that the Carters and Dickerson haven't grown up in wrestling, and it's a very unique world, and that Jerry Jarrett is a survivor in. Another issue that is called split is that when there was heat on Dutch Mantel and Jeff as Booker, that Jerry went against his son, but then in the end, Jeff, uh, Jerry and Jeff both pushed Dusty Rhodes on the Carters as potential savior at a time when the company's future is very much in doubt. However, when Dusty started making noises about thinking that they should change the belt, they turned on him. Uh, while Dusty has heat from everyone on every side, it seems, there is also a feeling that, of late, Jerry has been trying to make sure that Dusty doesn't succeed. Like coming up with the all cage match concept that couldn't help but burn uh, steps out. Uh, because of the work, the wrestlers, and sec- uh, secondarily the agents, the show turned out as a success. Although he's Dave says he's guessing the buy rate um, was down a good 20% from the prior month. Blah, blah, blah. So, pretty interesting. The pressure is certainly on here, on Dusty and um, the Jarrett's. It's pretty interesting stuff. 
Well, it's amazing how quickly they'll turn on a booker. Right. Right. Um, I just got a few more, a few more things here. Uh, one of which I should have said earlier, but I forgot that it was down here on my list. Uh, it's about Candido again. Um, it is noted here that before his death, the company did agree to actually pay for his surgery uh, based on, and Dave says, based on the wrestler's insurance policies in their contracts. Um, the promotion, I believe, only has to pay half, and Candido was not under contract. But still, the moral thing to do is someone is injured on the job that they're working for, you should pay his medical. Um, blah, blah, blah. So it did seem like that TNA was going to do that for him. Um, regarding Three Life Crew. We're talking a lot about Three Life Crew, man. We're going to talk about them during the show too. It's getting, it's getting hot. Now this could change, but Dusty's plan is to break them up. I think we've kind of been seeing that tease, right? Um, and it and it probably will change five more times. He says, uh, but the idea was to keep Conan around killing his faces, and no longer associate them with each other. Turn BG James heel, and then have him feud with the outlaw, who would turn babyface. Now, if that doesn't confuse the shit out of you, I don't know what will. Uh, but, and even he says, nobody can understand why anyone would do James versus Outlaw since it seems so obvious that James is better as a face and the Outlaw is better as a heel. <laughs> so why would you <laughs> switch it? Uh, Conan was told by Rhodes that he wanted to give him a singles push, but the others have noted that Rhodes mocks Conan for blowing up after one spot in his matches and has buried him in some conversations. Uh, then again, people are also scratching their head at the idea of Tito Ortiz being brought in as a face. And then when Rhodes acted like Ortiz was the big deal, Jarrett wouldn't sell him for being that he made him afraid and co uh, yeah, cower in the interview. So it's pretty uh, interesting that, you know, we're going to see what's going to happen with these things. And he's talking about the... Uh, the Jerry interview, I think, uh, you know, that might be some stuff we continue seeing as we go on. Um, there was some heat on Kevin Nash also for showing up at the pay-per-view and doing uh, the pre-tape, but then going home before the show started. Uh, so this is talking about uh, a lockdown, of course, with the staph infection we talked about last week. The feeling is that since he was pushed in the main event for six weeks, building the show, that even if injured... He should have to come out before the fans and uh, have done something. TNA was advertising that Nash would be at ringside for the match. Uh, Nash actually left before the show even started, saying that he had a 30-hour flight to China upcoming. Uh, they pre-taped the segment they aired during the pay-per-view, where, where all he did was take off the band-aid to show his infection on the lower leg. And Dave says that it's both legit and also smart to not be working on it. And then he once again points out that many guys have in the past. Uh, but it made Nash look so bad to fans because to see guys covered in blood show up and the infection wouldn't look uh, like much to most fans. So he shouldn't have wrestled on it, but it, it kind of was a thing, and they probably should have had him come out or something, but what do I know? Uh, speaking of lockdown, though, uh, DDP also had heat on him because he showed up with his, this intricate plan uh, for War Games-style match. Uh, Sean Waltman, uh, BG James, and Jeff Jarrett all had different ideas. Um, so he was not even uh, at television two nights later as well. So DDP, unfortunately, not probably on this taping that we're seeing here. So pretty uh, pretty crazy stuff. 
Let's see what else. Oh, uh, AJ Styles. Uh, him and his wife, Wendy, just had their uh, baby named AJ. So that's exciting. On uh, May 3rd. So obviously he'll be at these tapings, but he uh, probably, uh, I don't know if on this time, probably not at this, this point in time, but who knows. Um, this is kind of like a, just a quick small thing here. Uh, but when talking about the Eurosports deal, uh, we talked about the horrible announcing. So this was a few weeks ago when they were re- really bad announcers. We were referencing the English language announcing um, as the show was broadcast on Eurosports in 10 different languages with 10 different announced teams. These French and German announcers who did not know anything about wrestling. The UK commentary was horrible, apparently, uh, because of the way the show was edited. They couldn't keep the original commentary. So they had a guy who was in the studio to do English sports announcer who also knew nothing about wrestling. So that's kind of what happened with that. Um, it's also noted, this is a really interesting thing, is that Bob Ryder apparently has virtually no power left in the company, uh, apparently due to the heat on him for some of the contract issues that has been happening. And his real job is mostly just kind of handling travel at this point. So... Uh, that's kind of unfortunate for uh, Bob Ryder at this point in um, the company. Let's see what else I got. Um, it's noted that Spike TV and the UFC made a joint announcement on May 3rd concerning a two-year deal, which includes a, the weekly show, um, weekly TV show, TV specials, and at least two more seasons of Ultimate Fighter. And Dave says that the announcement also seems to lower the odds even more that TNA would get on Spike. So that I find kind of interesting as well. It's also noted here that the Wrestling Channel in the UK starts a new schedule on uh, March 9th. Super exciting stuff. TNA Explosion is going to be airing Mondays at 9 p.m. and Impact on Saturdays at 9. Or Saturdays at 9. Explosion Mondays at 9. And their pay-per-view shows uh, will air on Sundays once per month at 8 p.m. But the shows that they're showing are actually five weeks after their U.S. broadcast. So they're on quite the delay. Well, it's better than the two and a half years that was behind in Australia. Oh, yeah, dude. Those were, like, wicked bad. Um, I think I have about one more thing to say. I was starting to run out of things to say. I just kept going, man. I was pounding through these notes, and I have one more. Bob, I think you're going to like this one if I can find it again. I scrolled too far. So now I'm trying to find it. And it's a good one. So just just give me a minute. I'm just trying to find it. Hold on, hold on. We're getting there, we're getting there. I have no idea where this note went. Do you not even remember what it was? I do, but I want to make sure I don't mess it up. Ah, there it is. I found it again. Here we go. Jesus, it was literally right there. Okay. Sorry, if we're live, pal. Um, while this is another thing I expect nothing to come of, there apparently has been talk of Antonio Inoki being interested in buying the company since it would give him the controlling rights to the NWA titles. And Dave mm-hmm. says, since part of Inoki still lives in the 70s, that is far more valuable to him than it is to most. 
And I thought that was really funny. I would I would never see that. Right no, and he says that nothing probably will, but it's pretty funny nonetheless. Just because, especially at this time, Dixie is so obsessed with having it be successful, I don't think she would have sold it. Right, right. Um, that's uh, that's everything. I just covered all the notes for today's show, Bob. Uh, so that's it. We just get to enjoy the show. We get to watch through. We're gonna see what happens. Will it be good? Will it be bad? Who knows? It's the second taping of three. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. The runtime for this is approximately 44 minutes and 51 seconds. Yeah. Uh, it's the May 6, 2005 edition of TNA Impact. If you want to watch along with us, head over to the Impact Plus app. Or you can find it, I would assume, in your own personal Collection. I'm going to count down from three, and when I say play, that is when the show will begin. So here we go. Three, two, one. Play. This is TNA. The new face of professional wrestling. Oh, we're seeing the Dusty. What oh. the heck? Did you see the guillotine? Yeah, I sure did. So the guillotine. Okay, so it is called justice. Yeah, it is. The fucking guillotine, dude. What the fuck? We're seeing actual footage of Tito Ortiz. Now, this time he has hair. Just for the record. Well, he said hair for... When he, com- when he comes in 2013 for the August one, Is he he's bald? bald. Yeah, he's bald. I will never forget that. I remember being like, oh, I wonder who... Who will it be in the news? Fucking Tito Ortiz. Because wasn't like King Mo involved in that and everything? Dude. It was so a they were trying. They were trying to make it like MMA guy stuff. And then, and then like you said, like the next week it was like not even mentioned. He didn't even come back for nothing. Now, if I'm not mistaken, he ended up. I'm double checking just to make sure I, I got my stuff right here. He ends up wrestling like in AAA, doesn't he? Like fairly Maybe. recently. He might. He. I don't think he he never has a match in TNA. Although he had said, I think, in interviews through the years, like, oh, you know, I'm trying to get into, you know, the wrestling thing or whatever, and I don't think he ever really did. He might have wrestled in, like, Mexico or something, but. Okay, it's not listed here, but I definitely thought he did. We still got the shitty intro, dude. My favorite. And this week we'll hear from both Jeff Jarrett and AJ Styles, and we can't forget one of the matches that Dallas is most looking forward to is Conan and Awa. You're ridiculous. Huh? I might be thinking of someone else, dude. I swore it was him. I guess I'm wrong. Oh, that guy has a spinner belt, but it's a Dusty's face. Oh, my In God. The dots. Who's this? Who's this there? Cassidy Riley? Yep. Hey, Cassidy Riley? Oh. Sure is. Yeah, Cassidy Riley. He's a champion in the USA Championship Wrestling in uh, Memphis. 
We're in the Tennessee area. Oh no. Well he's he's wrestling Abyss again. I feel like every time we've seen him wrestle Abyss lately, he um gets destroyed. He dies, yeah. Uh, Abyss has one indie note and it's on the same I believe the same day as the show. He had no, Bob, he had no pyro. Did you just see that? They zoom out as if there was gonna be the fire and nothing happened. Nothing happened. Well, we cool. gone down fast. Cool. Uh, later on, May 6th, uh, Abyss wrestled BPW heavyweight champion Cody Hawk. Oh. He defeated Cody Hawk by countout. And that took place in Middletown, Ohio. Cody Hawk, the trainer of uh, John Moxley, in case you're wondering. And he's also the guy that I mentioned to uh, Mr. John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, during an In Your Head uh, wrestling radio show and Dean or John thought I was the coolest guy for knowing about it. So humble, you are, you are the coolest guy, Bob humble brag. That's Bob's claim to fame besides being blocked by about seven wrestlers. That's on true. Twitter. Yeah. I'll never, I remember, I'll never forget Austin texting me. Like, dude, did you ask freaking John Moxley a question about that's so funny. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, dude, he just put you over big time. And I was like, yeah, I know. Mind you, he listened to it like five years after it had happened. Because <laughs> it was on YouTube. That's awesome. So. Okay, I love you, Christy funny. Lee. That's what a sign said. Isn't that, isn't that a porn star? I, it kind of sounds like it. I don't I know. I think it is. Could you look it up for us? I have no shame. I can look it up for you. I just, you know, it's okay. just easier if you just do it quick. Type in Christy Lee XXX and see. <laughs> <laughs> By default, at that point, it'll just come up. Christy Lee. Let's see. So the, maybe it's an actual like their girlfriend or something because oh, all okay. I'm seeing is a musician. Now you got to type in the X's though. Okay, Christy Lee XXX. Well, there is a Christy. Lee. Okay. <laughs> There we go. That's all we need to know. Abyss and, Abyss and Riley are brawling ringside, by the way. Looks like she's got a Pornhub channel. We'll put that in the description of the episode. I'm just joking. Well, you know what? I clicked on it, and I don't think it is, because it's a bunch of different women. Oh, okay. So. Okay, so yeah, Abyss is going to be in the hard dust just gone for the gold. They just told us. You know what? That sucks for him because he's. I feel like he's been number one contender about 17th. Oh, Black Hole Slam. Look at the bottom of the screen. As we get a pin. And uh, Naturals versus Miracles was wanted as official for Hard Justice. We know our X Division match. Look, we're seeing this whole time. Shocker. I, oh, the House of Fun match, Raven versus Jeff Hardy. Well, Hard Justice is shaving up to have, have a pretty It actually doesn't sound... I know, I was talking last week, it's a throwaway pay-per-view, and it's actually looking pretty freaking good so far. Now, I feel, like I was saying, I feel bad for Abyss being this column for the gold, because I feel like he's been a number one contender like 50 times, and it's really yet to even get a title match. Oh, yeah, he literally just had the contract he won from in the Hardy match, and then he lost that. There you have. Essentially... We're getting our Hard Justice uh, first promo video here. A lot of hard-hitting moves. And weird that they showed Jarrett smashing the guitar and Monty Brown when they're aligned right now. That's fine. Don't worry about that. Dude, the fucking guillotine, though. 
I like uh, how justice. they cut they cut to like eight guys is yelling like the like them yelling. Ugh. Oh, Tito Ortiz says Tito Ortiz that is says. screaming a swerve to me. Oh, you want hard justice? She'll get it. For him saying like Jeff Jarrett has time, it's now AJ's time. That screams to me that he's gonna screw AJ. Yeah, it does. Oh, Daniel's wearing like a gray suit here. Interesting. Why do they? Yeah, you're right. They keep on like panning out for like fireworks or something. Pyro it doesn't happen. I am Mister TNA. <laughs> He's coming over to the announce table. I actually kind of, I think it's kind of funny, but like most of the time when they have someone joining them, they sit in between both Tanae and Don West. Yeah, they do. Because in WWE, though, the guy will be at the corner. Right. The announcers stick together. Was there ever any doubt? There is absolutely no fucking way Shocker is defeating Christopher Daniels at Hard Justice. There's no way. It can't be. And he's trying to put over Skipper as being close to winning the title. I don't know how close he really was. Comes uh, Sunjay Dutt. Dude's doing double duty at this taping. Get those payments, baby. Yeah, he probably doesn't mind. Nah, he's a workhorse. Uh, it looks like Sunjay was... He had done a... a um, zero one tour. In Noah. Yeah, all right. So he's doing a Japan tour for a little while. So good for him, I guess. Interesting. Daniel's really putting over Shocker on commentary. One of the best in Mexico. He's fighting Sanjay Dutt, uh, which is interesting since he it, technically he beat Sanjay Dutt in the escape thing. But if it's a singles match, now I know it's come on. Isn't uh, isn't Shocker pulling double duty too? Yeah. Yeah, so good. Mm-hmm. He's getting double the pay. Isn't it true that you've never been in the ring with Shocker before? Yeah. Daniel saying he's the best first match wrestler in the company. You just never know. You just yeah, you never do know. Whoa, corkscrew elbow drop. He just like spun around and plopped on top of him. Christopher Daniels was shocker, May 15th. Tilt a world has it. Oh, 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 he keeps going. He keeps going. 
You see all those revolutions by Sanchez, and then he just drop kicks Shocker. He comes back, he goes for another one, but Shocker sidesteps off the ropes, comes back with a fucking big boot. Clothesline's done. So, Shocker kind of like moves weird to me in the ring. Like, I see what you mean. I don't know. It's, I can't like put my hand, my finger on it. Yeah, look at that. A plancha by Sanjay Dutt taking out Shocker. You know what? It, it looked like when he like did the clothesline or whatever. It looks like he runs, but he's like constantly shrugged. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I don't know. That's weird. Take it a commercial. We're at 7.52 and we come back and we're at 5.13. Shave off those minutes, baby. I wish there was like uh, the unedited impacts. You could see every whole time. That'd be cool. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, now that move is pretty much exactly how Shocker pinned uh, PD last week. But he kicked out of Dutton. He tries to do another roll-up and he kicks out again. Yeah, and Shocker knows better because he's like, I won with this move. I'm not about to lose to it. The original player from the Himalaya. Love it. Oh. Oh, I thought he was going to get him with a crucifix cradle there. You can have a shot if he wants it, Mike. Yeah, Dan is like, listen here, pal. If you want to fight me, you can uh, fight me. Up and over. And he breaks out. And he drop kicks Dutt right into the rope. That's with a cover. No, he kicks out. Shocker's, uh, Shocker's not going as quick here as I expected. I thought he was going to beat some ass. And I, don't then think, I don't think Shocker, Shocker's very captivating. I agree with you. I'm, I mean, he's, like, fine. He's not, like, blowing my mind. He doesn't do anything that any other X Division star that we've seen can't do. You know what I mean? I, I would say he arguably does it worse. Yeah. I kind of feel the same. I mean, like, what is... I mean, if he were to lose... If he loses to Christopher Daniels at Hard Justice... What else are you going to do with him? What's the... Yeah, what are we doing? What's the point? And I'm wondering if they're trying to just build him up to lose to Daniels to make Daniels even more... Well, let's keep in mind, a lot of the stuff we've just been talking about, these rumors of Dusty being taken out... Look at this. Whoa, that was nice by Dutt. Standing on the second, well, Shocker was standing on the second rope, and Dutt was on the shoulders. He twisted around her Karana, but he got a two count. Um, so what I was going to say is we hear these rumors of Dusty being out. Shocker's kind of a Dusty project. Right. That's true. Very easily, if Shocker loses, that might be the last we see of him. So is Triton. We haven't even seen him since. Freaking. There what? you go. I don't remember. I mean, we saw him after Destination X, but I don't remember. But just like once. Right. Triton is is very interesting to me. Oh, oh no, Dot slipped up there. Okay, I thought we were going to go for her again. Let's try again. Oh, Shocker caught him. 
Lifts him up. Huge power bomb. That should be a finish. And it was. Yeah. That's a lot more effective than a roll up. Fuck yeah, it was. Um, Triton's fascinating to me as Daniels is getting into the ring to confront him because he was actively in TNA for a while. Obviously, Ryan Wilson. He's, you know, obviously newer, young in his career. But then he's, they keep him like essentially in dark matches under a mask for a while. Then he shows up and they're like, nah. Like they couldn't think of something else for him, I guess. I don't know. It's just really weird to me how it worked out. Yeah. We're going to hear from Raven. Jeff Hardy, I want to like you. Really? I do. You're reckless and you're strange. They're willing to take three just to give one. But, but, but. Glory is fleeting, but obscurity is forever. He's, he's talking about Napoleon. Napoleon quotes. The glory in my future means extinction in yours. Bad choices don't seem so bad when we're making them. I started one, stopped wondering when I was 12 and I started hurting people. 12-year-old Raven. Hurt and beat and battered. Not just opponents, but family, friends, even loved ones. Oh, he's admitting to domestic abuse. <laughs> Understand this. There's no salvation for me. Where I'm going, the only way to advance is to cause more pain. Inflict more damage. And cause more suffering. I know who and what I am. I live a life without illusions. Unfortunately, illusions are the one thing. They comfort us all. He just keeps going, man. I was just going to say, you know, it's a good thing that he uh, doesn't do these in front of a live audience. Because I feel like he would just get shit on for just constantly just rambling. I think so, too. Jeff, I'm sorry, but someone must die so some can live. I have a legacy to fulfill, and you are standing in the path of my immortality. He wants to comfort him with words from his evil, abusive father. This is going to hurt me a lot worse than it's going to hurt you. May 15th. Prepare to be terminated. So it is written. So it shall come to pass. Quote the raven. Nevermore. You think you hear me knocking? You think I'm coming? Dude, I was about to say that. (laughs) You think you hear me knocking? I think I'm coming in.
next week, dude. We have a Tito Ortiz mm-hmm. interview. Something to look forward to. He's wearing an Impact shirt in those videos and stuff. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go, baby. If I, right, see, so- a, if I see a 25-minute match right now between the Outlaw and Conan, I'm going to freaking jump off the roof. No, uh, I'm just going to tell you this thing that apparently happened at the taping because it seems like it was before this match, and unfortunately, yeah, did, we didn't see it. And it's very random, and it's honestly not that big of a deal, but I thought it was kind of funny. So um, apparently, Jim Duggan was here, and he did a promo, <laughs> and he he wished uh, the U.S. servicemen around the world the best. Okay. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Uh, he goes, not sure if it'll air. Uh, apparently it didn't because, like I said, it was written kind of right before this match. So, Well, I shouldn't be surprised that because, you know, Duggan did wrestle. Right? He's wrestled in TNA at one time. He fought like Mike Sanders, right? Ugh. Ugh. It was so fucking brutal, dude. <laughs> that was so fucking bad. And you know what's sad? It was... It oh. was so bad because of Mike Sanders, wasn't it? Because of Jim Duggan. I know. God damn it. Shoo, 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 shoo. Oh, he keeps using it. it... And he clotheslines with the shoe. I like the shoe. Dude. How is this not his qualification? All I, these people are drunk in the audience, taking their shoes off. Half of the fans have took, taken their shoes off and held them up in the air. Conan can get a shoe over. How did he never get like a shoe deal? That's a good point. He's a fan show. Amazing. You know damn well that if uh, Russo was booking this, there'd be a shoe on a pole. You're damn right. Or a ladder match to get the shoe. My God. Um, Just uh, since we keep seeing um, Tito Ortiz, I have one other thing. I wasn't sure if I was going to mention it or not, but. Um, as Conan slams the outlaw against the announce table. Um, but Tito Ortiz apparently said during an in- MMA interview that he does only plan to do the one pay-per-view show as referee, um, and he isn't interested in doing pro wrestling. Isn't? Well, there, was, there were times... To- oh, man, Outlaw just whacked him. He destroyed Conan with a chair. He's out cold. That's a disqualification. Uh, I think he's dead. Holy shit. Here comes Killing. Killings. Is he going to hit BG? Is he even there? That's who. That's probably who he's looking at. Off camera. Oh, BG has a chair as well. Chair match. No. And you said this guy's going to turn babyface? Outlaw? That's the plan? That's the rumor. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Is Conan actually knocked out? No, he, I mean, he definitely has hands up. Well, that was a match. They just had to throw it out. <laughs> Don't about Conan's not coming back. I don't mind how they did that. Annual advancement, two notable, two notable names. I don't mind that. Yeah. 
Uh, if you're following along, by the way, we're at 22 minutes, 46 seconds, as they're still checking on uh, Conan here. Here we go. Here's the shot again. Ready? That's Conan. He doesn't get his hand in. Okay. Okay. He was selling that good as fuck. Look at that. That's wicked good. Let go, Rudy. Let's see it again. Oh, God. Three Life crew are taking Conan out. He's not busted open either, by the way. Outlaw should come through the other tunnel and then hit him over the head again. Yeah. Yeah, all three of them. Okay, we're here from Jarrett and Styles next. I believe it's the Tanay interview. As we see the guillotine, the judges are hammering they, the jail cell. Do you think they're all sitting down or is this separate interviews? I don't know. I wouldn't be opposed to a sit down one with both of them. Something different. TNA Wrestling presents Hard Justice. On T- and then they always play this Tito Ortiz thing right after it. Yeah. I think that's Hard Justice no matter what. Hard Justice. Earlier today, looks like he's just talking to AJ. Oh, well, no. no, they're both there. Jared yeah. blended in with 10A shirt. I know. I like that. I like they're Mark. doing both of them there. Tenay's going around down the entire card now. In addition, in addition, 20 man gauntlet. Daniels versus Shocker. Styles versus Jarrett. How is a fun match? Raven Hardy. Well, I didn't said that one, but. See, as a longtime TNA viewer, the way that he's hyping this up is like, oh, anticipated, whatever. I mean, we've seen it a handful of times already. Right. You know, we've seen it in the cage. I mean, how how much further can you really go from there? Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Now, a new audience, like, just exclusively F- FSN, which I I think definitely exists, and they don't maybe realize the history, so I guess there's that, but. It's another chance to dethrone the King of the Mountain. June 2nd, 2004. I defeated not one man, but four men in the King of the Mountain. It's been changing for almost a year. Okay, you can't say you went through Macho Man. No, you didn't. First off, he pinned you. That's right. Secondly, you didn't fight him by one-on-one in TNX, so knock it off. That's just being a heel. He's still wet behind the ears. He has not learned anything in this business. <laughs> he knows AJ is not ready. 
to walk like a champion. You gotta act like a champion. And you know it. He, he's got to bring Tito Trees. I'm not. Yeah, I ain't afraid. Now I bet you at Hard Justice he's going to be afraid. Do you think they're trying to create like a similar like Mike Tyson moment? Hmm. Like Tito's going to knock him out or something? I I mean, he's going to throw at least one punch to someone. He's got to. He's got to. It's either going to be a, a turn, like you said, in line with Jarrett, or he's going to help Styles. I could see this going either way, because... And even Dave kind of made the reference of, like, could he join Jarrett and Monty Brown and do something? But, like, if he's thinking this is a one-time appearance... Right. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm talking to the challenger. Today's getting more fired up. I love when Tanae just gets fucking so sick of Jarrett. So good. I'm sad that Tanae is not involved in wrestling at all right now. Because I like him. <clears throat> yeah, it's disappointing. If if there was a guy who needed to have a podcast with Conrad about, like, team Fucking Mike Tanae, dude. Mike Tanae. Oh, we got Hard Justice? Okay. And here comes security. Do, I, do we know any of the uh, security guys? I don't recognize none I don't of them. See, I don't see the guy with the goatee, the short one on Jared's side, looks sort of familiar, but Jesus Christ. If I take... Uh, you know what? This should be a new drinking game. Just take a shot for every time Tito Ortiz video package plays. It's about to play again. Look. Because they're doing another Hard Justice I one. swear to God, dude. If there's a Tito Ortiz after this, I swear to God. It's going to... Become a little more civilized. Oh, I can't believe they didn't do it there. That's close. And so we just get a random Im- impact nameplate. Oh, Michael Shane and Trinity. Oh, he's yeah, fighting Chris know, Saban, they said. And you know what? You, you made a good, a good point. About how they've never addressed why he's with Trinity and not Tracy. No, the tr- that doesn't make much sense to me. Now, <clears throat> sometimes we do forget things that happen, um, very small things, and I end up catching them when I'm doing like our social media posts. Which, by the way, you can follow us over on Twitter at Cross the Line TNA or on Facebook at TNA Cross the Line Pod. Um, and there was one very short backstage segment weeks ago um, where. Trinity and Michael Shane are talking about Dusty's book. And then Tracy walks in and is like, you're supposed to be promoting this. And like gets mad at him. Okay, uh, so Saban and Tracy just kiss, so... What the fuck is going on? And they're holding hands like they're a couple. Oh, they did it again. They smooched. What the fuck? I don't understand. 
Okay. I don't know. It's weird. And it's really weird. Shane goes right after Chris Saban. And this time limit is a half hour. I thought half hour time was for title matches. Yeah, what the heck? Why does this have a 30 minute time limit? We have significantly less time than 30 minutes, by the way, left in the show, but back suplex there by Michael Shane. I wonder if they just if they just messed up. I need Maybe answers. I need answers. Gauntlet preview next week. Yeah, the pay-per-view, we get 20 men. Oh, 10 man next week preview. Oh. Okay. So, essentially, it's if you're eliminated first next week, you're going to be number one on the pay-per-view. And if you win, then you're going to come in last at the gauntlet at the pay-per-view. Okay. So, I mean, that serves a purpose. Yeah, so it's a preview, but also it kind of helps out the match at the show. I wonder who's going to be the first one eliminated. They just said these guys are both in that in the gauntlet for the gold, so... Michael Shane about to pull the Shawn Michaels and win. And he won. Nice hurricane runner. Or head scissor, I guess, really. Not hurricane runner. Um, yeah, so we know that these two then and Abyss, at least, are in that gauntlet for the gold. They've told us those names. For the pay-per-view or for next week? Yeah, probably both, but specifically the pay-per-view. Oh, Trinity grabbing Chris Saban, and he says no. And then, don't worry, Michael Shane comes from behind... Andrew, Andrew Thomas is like, get the fuck out of here. Tracy and Trinity are bound to, like, fight forever. It's never going to end. <laughs> well, they're the only women. Right? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've seen SoCal Val, right? But she just stands on the apron and we get a picture of her butt crack. We barely get that. Right now, she's just there. Right. And then there's another woman that we don't know who she is, but she shows cleavage a lot. And then there's another one that we would like to know who she is, but we don't know who she is. There's a couple. Yeah, so we basically know uh, half. I mean, it took us a while to find out the dancers' names. Right. And then they stopped doing By the time we found them out, they stopped doing them. Right. This chin lock in on Saban. Come on, Thomas. Is he tapping out or what? Is he choking him? That might be a fair question. This looks illegal. Inside out there with a knee. That's a kick out at two right there. That's right. AMW getting a return match against the Naturals. If you read the scroll at the bottom of the screen earlier, though, you already knew that. That's how I knew. That should be another good match. Oh, yeah. And they deserve, like, a traditional pay-per-view match instead of a Nashville weekly one. Oh. Baseball side dropkick. 
to save them by shame. One, two, no. Shane's got the upper hand here. Boom, right hand knocks Saban down. And then he's going to put a headlock on him again. Come on, look at Shane. Sleeper or... Yeah, see? Tanae says it might be a chokehold, but... I think it is a chokehold. Andrew Thomas is a... uh, Corrupt referee, so... Not a surprise there. Again. Dude, Michael Shane's kicking ass here. What is happening? Well, he's a former exhibition champion. That's right. He did win the first Ultimate X. That's right. And he is Shawn Michaels' cousin. Oh, yeah. You know that. And if you didn't know that, you're fucking up. Yeah, Michael Shane looking kind of chunky, too, by the way. Let me see. Yeah, I'd say a little more than normal. Oh, oh shit. That was nice. Slingshot elbow dropped to Saban, who was upside down. The king, and the, that was to outside of the ring. Outside of the ring, yeah. The defenseless body of Saban. Oh, they're really selling hard for AJ and Jared. You know it. Trading blows here. Boom, boom, boom. And now Saban's getting the upper hand. He's knocked Saban, or uh, Shane down, but Shane just tossed him out of there. Only 23 minutes and 20 seconds left. There's no, like, there's no way this match was going to go that long. Maybe they'll do the old WCW trick. Be like, oh, we ran out of time, but join us next week for the conclusion. Oh, my God. Or they'll be like, tune into Explosion and find out who won. Like, well, hey, we're going to commercial. It's about to be 23 minutes on the dot. Okay. It was. Okay, we lost about three minutes. About two and a half minutes there, yeah. Just over two and a half minutes. Saving off the ropes, comes back, kicks Shane. He's dazed. I love when they do the spit to make it look like oh, yeah. got knocked out, and you know it's someone in the crowd gets that landed on. Right. So it's a flip cover. No, Saving gets a two count. A huge clothesline by Michael Shane.
See, look at Don West. He knows what's up. He reminds you of the Michael Shane that ruled the X Division at one time. And he's it's right. He did. So did Petey. Now look at him. Well, Petey's actually, that's a pretty interesting one. He's kind of really, like, gotten lost. They're kind of like, man, okay, he's there, but. Just choking saving over the middle rope in front of his new girlfriend Trinity. You know, she's gonna do it too. What bullshit, dude? Are you serious? You know, and another thing about Trinity, wasn't she supposed to be like fired for the whole like stunt double thing that she preferred to do? That's a good point. I don't, yeah, I guess I don't know. They, they kind of like did the punishment of her for a little bit and then. Yeah, the punishment like, was like, well, we're going to threaten you to be fired. I guess. But then like Dusty's going to get the book and he's going to think you're hot and he's going to want you as his assistant, which could also be seen as a punishment. Because <laughs> you're getting sexually harassed by an on screen character. Yeah, it's definitely not a good look. Okay, we're slowing down. We're slowing down. Let's see. He's got Saban back up on his feet. Irish whip comes back. Ducks that clothesline. Nice. Hurricane running to the cover. No. Almost got him. It's Shane with a clothesline. Shane cuts him off again. He goes for a cover. One, two. No. Kick out of two. God damn it. What? What are you talking about, Andrew Chavez? Andrew Flow. Short on clothesline. If you're the judge, if you were Larry Zabisco, and this goes to a time on the draw. We're still talking about judges. Fucking championship committee and judges shit, dude. Oh, my God. We've seen Harley race, like, once, and then... Terry Funk never even appeared. Oh, huge German Um, I'm hoping maybe maybe I'm wrong for this. I'm hoping that the time limit shit stops if we drop off of F- FSN. I'm over it. Well, I feel like it's only on FSN because it's a sport. The sports yeah. thing. Yeah. Like once we go to the internet, can we just not do that? I don't think they would. I don't think. I mean, it's kind of fun to, like, keep track of stuff sometimes, but, like, that's it. There's no, I, I'm, like, I'm sick of having a bar at the top of our screen while we're watching, right. I think. And a scroll. Yeah. Oh. DDT, yeah. Over the shoulder DDT. But Shane kicks out it, too. He kicked out! This has been a good uh, match. Michael Shane's been beating some ass, but. I mean, there was a slow spark, a slow yeah. part to it, but it's, it's been good. I mean, we're almost at the 15 minute mark on an impact show. Like, that doesn't usually, on the, yeah, impact TV show. Cradle Shock. Oh, shit. He broke out. Tonic drop. And, uh, Flatliner. 
you have. Oh my god. This is oh like my bikini god. after all the mirror falls. I know, right? Oh. Goes to power bomb. Oh, slips out. Ducks the clothesline. Sabin. Oh, going for that tornado DDT, but it was counter. Oh, he's gonna go for the super kick. He's getting ready for it. One. No, only did he only do one stomp? He missed it. Yeah, I had to do more stomps, man. Oh, look at the Got side roll. The pin. Side roll. Take note, shocker. Do a pin that actually looks like you can hold him down. Yeah. Saban with a shocking victory. They're playing Michael Shane's music. Oh, that's funny as fuck. Oh, super kick. Well, that might be why, because he was about to attack him after. Oh, my God, he's hitting the ref. That's $10,000. Oh, gee. Andrew Thomas Shit. did not even hold the roll. He did like a he did a back bump to the floor big time on that one. No, so Michael Shane was standing above someone else recently. I, I don't remember. It might have been Saban. I can't remember. Well, super second super kick. Trinity was holding Saban up. Oh, she's doing it again. Oh, shit, dude. That one was stiff. There's a third super kick to Chris Saban. She's going to pick him up again. Now Tracy's in the ring. She's trying to be. Tracy doesn't. She can't pick him up. Are you kidding me? She, you can tell she can't. Because he's too much dead weight. And now Tracy just pulled the hair of... Oh, she's got to kiss. If she kisses him. No way, dude. No way. He's not going to kick her. Oh, you sons of bitches. Yeah. That's TNA for you. They t- We're going to leave yeah. you on a tease of male-on-female violence. Yeah. Well, he has hit her before. So, like, remember, she, she, remember she got chucked out of the cage? Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. And she was like, oh, my ankle. And we were like, geez, this girl's falling off top yeah. ropes on the chairs with the skipper and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, Bob. Okay. How you feeling? It was okay. The f- last week's episode was better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I still think it was a fine episode of Impact, so I'll still yeah, give it a uh, thumbs up, but last week was definitely stronger. I liked the, um, that match with Shane and Saban was good, and then um, I actually did like that we didn't get like a true outlaw Conan match, because you want to probably save that. I think so, too. So I didn't mind, like, they did the whole chair shot and, like, kind of bait and switched it a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, so that, uh, that bothered me. Well, uh, pretty exciting stuff here. About one more week, and then it is freaking time for hard justice. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Me either, man. It's like yeah. I don't want to believe it. I know. We're basically done with 2005. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Very much. That's what it feels like. Um. Yeah. So next week we do know one match for Impact, and it is the Gauntlet for the Gold preview. Ten guys, right? In it, um, Abyss, Michael Shane, and Chris Saban have been confirmed for that uh, preview. So, but we don't know. And we know we got a Tito Ortiz interview, right? Which is probably just going to be a the extension of that pre-tape. It literally is going to be the... It's going to be the pre-tape, I think. Yeah. So, 
So yeah, nothing, nothing fucking mind blowing, but needless to say, it's happening. Yeah, you want to know what else is happening? What's that? The continuation of Team Crossland Podcast. That's right, man. It's gonna be good. I got some big stuff for next week too. You better get ready. Oh, man. So big stuff before the pay per view. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to getting to hard justice. Just literally a couple, what, one more episode away from mm-hmm. uh, checking it out, where we will get AJ and Jarrett yet again. But until then, for Dallas Ridley, I am Bob Gunn Jr., and this has been the TNA Crossline Podcast. <laughs>